Good morning to each of you and greetings in Jesus' name. Children, both big and small. What is this, especially for the small children? What is this? Do you know what it is? A plant? Good, that's right. What else is it? A plant? That's correct. It is a plant. Do y'all know what kind of a plant it is? Is it a vine? Okay. It's a vine. Now, one is real and one is not. Can you tell the difference? They're closer, they can tell the difference. Can you all in the back tell the difference? Big people, big children? If you had observed this a little more closely, I think you would be able to tell which was real and which was fake. You could look at it. You could feel it. Both of them are in the water. And so you'd have to examine it just a little bit to see which one is the real thing. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 15. I hope I don't knock this off. <clears throat> the title of the sermon this morning is, The Servant is Not Greater Than His Lord. And in John 15, Jesus speaking, saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And then he says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Dennis, thank you for the water. It's clear. It's ice cold, it's clean, and it's refreshing. And this word here, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, means clean, clear, and pure, like a mountain stream, like a cold glass of water. It's refreshing. This word, pure means the same thing. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We know that as one of the Beatitudes. In Matthew 23, verse 26, it's talking about the Pharisees. And I hope that we can try to recognize this. In verse 26, it says, Thou blind, blind Pharisee, cleanse first, or clean and make pure. Cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter that the outside of them may be clean also. It means to make clean, pure, or purge, or purify. And then it goes on to say, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! 
For ye are like unto whitewashed sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Now let's look back at the beginning. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me, are you in the vine? Are you in the true vine? Can you tell the difference? Are you clean through the word which God has entrusted to us to read, to study, to preach, to decipher, and then to take into our hearts, accepting Christ as Lord. The word which is spoken, the words that we are reading this morning, are words of our precious Lord, our Savior. The word of God Himself speaking to us the way of salvation. Speaking to us the path of righteousness. Speaking to us the hard way of the sinner. Speaking to us the words of the prophets. And speaking to us also of things to come. Verse 4 of this chapter 15. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the, van, in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into a fire, and they are burned. Now we're clearing a little patch of our woods there below the chicken house. And there are some wild cherry and some sumac. There's some cedar trees. And some of those logs that are in there look nice. And so some of those logs are, are nice enough and big enough that, that we're going to take them and get them sawn. But some of those things are just scrubby junk. And when we cut down one of those trees that we want to take to have it milled, we cut down that tree and we saw off the branches because they're worthless. They're no good. We don't need them anymore. And what do we do with those branches? We're taking them and we're putting them on the burn pile. And that burn pile keeps getting bigger and bigger. At one time, those branches were a necessary part of that tree because they go out and they take in carbon dioxide and water and whatever else the tree needs and help that tree to grow and to flourish. But if you were to take that standing tree and cut off every branch, most of them would die. But these branches were at one time very vital. But when they get cut off, they're worthless. They are to be burned. Not a part of the tree anymore. Not productive. Just dead wood. Are you a part of the vine? 
Are you a part of the vine that is growing and flourishing? Are you a part of the vine that is giving something back to the main stem or the trunk? Or are you something that needs to be cut off? Are you dead wood? Am I dead wood? Verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. But that's conditional, people. It's conditional. It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. How do we glorify God? When we give something back to the vine or the trunk. When we are part of those branches that are growing and flourishing. Not something that is fake and dead. These little leaves right here, the vine is a small chain. A small plastic chain. And on this small plastic chain are little three-leaf make-believe leaves. They look good. And from a distance, they can fool you. But let's be real with God. Each one of us, let's be real with God. When people get close to us, do they see Jesus, do they see you as a disciple? Do they see you representing that you are part of the vine? It says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Are you, am I, bearing fruit for the glory of God? And then it says, So, that, so shall ye be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain with you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friend. I read an article just not so long ago. And I think this was maybe over in Russia. I'm not exactly sure. I can't quite remember. But it was an article about a father and a son walking across a frozen canal. And as they were walking across this canal, the ice broke through. And they fell into this freezing cold water. And they called for help. A man nearby, nearby the canal, heard them calling for help and threw them an extension cord. The father helped his son. The father helped his son by getting that cord either around him or into his hands or whatever. And then 
that last effort of his father was to shove his son up onto the edge of the ice so he could be pulled to safety. The dad didn't survive. He sunk beneath the ice. Greater love hath no man. Then he lay down his life for another. To give your life for someone, that would be the ultimate sacrifice. And for many of us, we wouldn't even consider maybe doing that except in the heat or, yeah, the heat of the moment. Because we value life. We value our breath. And yet, what would we do for our brother or sister that is struggling or suffering in their Christian life or maybe even in health or other ways? How much are we willing to step out and do something for someone, it's not an ultimate sacrifice. It's not giving your life, but it's giving something of your life. It's giving something of you for the sake of someone else, for the good of someone else. What did God do? Romans 5.8 God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were enemies with God and Christ. And yet Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, came as a mission, came on a mission to give His life a ransom for you and I. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being quickened, but quickened by the Spirit. Jesus is our ultimate example of love and giving. And what does He ask of us? He asks of us obedience. Are you a friend of Jesus? Are you a part of the true vine? Or are we just putting on a fake show. If we're a friend of Christ, as the Word teaches, if ye, ye are my friends, if ye do whatever I command you, it's very simple. We live in obedience to God and His Word. The Word of the Lord from Samuel to King Saul was... It's better to obey is better than sacrifice. Where are we? Where are we in being a friend of Christ? Verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your, first, your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye ask 
of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Verse 17 says, These things I command you, that ye love one another. Jesus laid down his life. We look at that man and that son falling into that canal, and it breaks my heart to hear the story of a man giving his life to save his son. And yet we go to church Sunday after Sunday, year after year, time after time, hearing the gospel. And then sometimes we go away and we don't practice laying down our life for another. And I say that to myself. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Jesus laid down His life. He chose us to be His friends. And He is calling us to love and sacrifice, to give of ourselves. He's calling us to love when we face tough times. And I understand, y'all know that we've been facing some some challenges lately at school. And with those challenges, criticism comes. How do I respond? When someone takes advantage of us in some way or another, what is my response? What is your response? When we're shortchanged or cheated or somehow taken advantage of, What is my response? And we can fill in the blank of any other thing. Fill in the blank. We need to love in spite of. And that's a job for me. Jesus continued to say, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world... But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So let's paraphrase that just a bit. Jesus said, beware of the fact that if you follow Christ, beware of the fact that if and when you are following Christ, you're going to know what to expect. Because what did it say? If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Satan is the prince of this world. And his goal and desire is to derail every one of us spiritually, somehow, some way. Is he derailing me or you in our love for one another? in our sacrifice, in our giving, in our attitudes, in our thoughts. How is life for you? How is life for me? Is everything just hunky-dory at peace? Everything great? Everything well and sweet and happy? If it is, I dare say, prepare. If you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, prepare yourself for some pruning. Prepare yourself for some chastisement. Prepare yourself for something that God may come bring down your down the pipe for you. 
that we never thought we would have to face or endure. And it may be a health issue like Ryan. It may be a relationship. It may be something emotional. It may be something financial. It may be something that you face personally. Look to God. Look to Jesus Christ. Because in Him is life and peace. But also in Him, the servant is not greater than his Lord. And if our Lord suffered, what can you expect as a part of the vine? Unless we're just a fake. Because if we're a fake, there doesn't need, there's no need for chastisement. There's no need for pruning. Because if we're a fake, Satan already has us in his grasp. But if we are a part of the vine, there may be chastisement. Proverbs 3, verse 12, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Hebrews 12, verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Prepare. Trust in God. Verse 20, says, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Let's look at the life of Christ. Let's look at the life of our Lord, our Redeemer. Let's look at the life of the early Christians that suffered tremendously in the face of following Christ. Let's look at the life of millions of Christians down through the ages that, has su that have suffered in living in obedience to God. We don't know to what extent a lot of those suffered. And maybe it was just a cruel word. But maybe it was uh, something more drastic. Voice of the Martyrs. I've read some articles there. Christians having acid thrown into their faces. And this acid eats away their skin. Others being trapped in churches where they had gathered to worship. Surrounded by some type of authority or anti-Christians. And those buildings being burned with all of those people that follow Christ inside, we haven't gotten to that extent. Did they suffer? Absolutely they suffered. Let's look at the debt. Look at, look, let's look at the life of modern day Christians in America. Do we see a difference? Do you see a contrast? Yeah. We don't have outright persecution yet. but it may be coming our way. Verse 20, 
Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they had persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. Do people of God persecute people of God? Sad to say, sometimes. Do people of God speak bad of people of God? Sad to say, sometimes. Been there, done that. I need to repent. I think many of us need to repent. Have we, as the people of God in America, lost our way, our vision, our goal? Have we lost following the commandments of God and loving our brother to the point of sacrifice? Verse 21 says, But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. This verse clearly says Christians will suffer because of who Jesus is and because we know him and identify with him. And the words we say, how we say them, will cause us to be identified. The way we live will cause us to be identified with Jesus. Are you a part of of the true vine or are we just a fake do you identify with Christ or do you want to identify with the fringes of the world Acts 4 verse 13 it says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Most of us are not college-educated, higher-educated people. And most of us, by the world standard, would probably be classified somewhat as unlearned. But when people see us and talk to us and observe us, do they recognize that I have been with Jesus, that you have been with Jesus? Verse 22 of John chapter 15. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. They have no covering for their sin. In other words, now we know and now that we know, we are accountable. And with that accountability, we are responsible. And with that responsibility, we share. Most of us have known the gospel since little up. What will we do with Jesus? Are you willing to count the cost of following Christ? Are you willing to suffer for His name's sake? Jesus spoke. We understand and we choose today whether we are going to believe and follow Him or we choose today. No, 
Not, not going there. Not following him. We choose to follow self. And ultimately that will lead to following the ways of the world. Galatians 3.22 and further it says, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given unto them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster, for ye are the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Are you a part of the vine, the true vine? Or am I fake? Verse 23. He that hateth me hateth my father also. Do you know people that abhor our God? I don't know very many. But I know that there are people out there that do not believe in God. And it says here, He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. The testimony of Jesus himself in the gospels from these other men, the disciples, they said that they saw him. They felt him. They, they saw what he did and did, uh, saw the miracles that he performed. And no other man, it says here, could do those works. And Jesus rose from the dead. No other man has done that in any other religion. No other man has changed the hearts of men from a, from a sinner to a saint, from someone filled with hate to someone filled with love. That in itself is testimony in itself. Are you a servant of the Lord? It says, a servant is not greater than his Lord. If you are a servant, if you are called a friend, if you are not a fake, prepare to take it on the chin for your faith. Be a servant. Be a witness. Be a friend. And prepare to suffer for the glory of God. Lord bless you.